All right, this is the John Smith Show right here on our YouTube channel, Say What You Will Radio. You may be also watching us live on Cutting Edge TV. And of course, that's on the Roku. If you've got a Roku TV or you got the little Roku device, just search Cutting Edge TV and add it to your app. Uh, you may be also listening to us on SayWhatYouWillRadio.com or you may be listening to us on Good Talk radio.com either way regardless of how you're listening or watching we just appreciate that you're here hey listen if you want to be a caller on the john smith show tonight the number is 602-475-2000 hey you might also be watching on uh, good talk radio's uh, facebook page uh, so i just want to give a shout out to ranger rob up there in oregon thanks for having us on all your different stations we appreciate it uh, well, the news tonight, there's more drama over at the Staten Island bar called Max. I guess the owner was arrested again. We'll tell you all about that. Boy, what a mess that is. Uh, Joe Biden. I guess apparently he told Obama that uh, if he disagrees with Kamala Harris, he'll just develop some disease and have to resign. Hmm. That's interesting. Joy Reid over at MSNBC, she said, I don't know what to do when even the good politicians aren't staying home. Well, Joy, I don't know if you and I agree on who the good politicians are. Tell you about that. How about uh, Maxine Waters, Mad Maxine? Her daughter collected $240,000 from helping out with Maxine's campaign. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, there's a Supreme Court's uh, transgender ruling that leaves a Christian business paying a $250,000 settlement. We'll get into that. And uh, our president told us that uh, apparently Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, I guess he's come down with the COVID. So we got that and uh, some more news if we can get that far. Uh, but this first half hour, I want to tell you about... Our, gray, our friends over at Gray Feather Farm, and uh, they're all natural line of skincare products. I personally, on a daily basis, I use the Gray Feather Crack Attack, and I also use their lip balm. Two of the best products I've used for both uh, dry lips and dry skin. Now, if you live in Arizona, like I do, you'll know that right now, this time of year, is the driest time of the year. It's probably 1% humidity or less in the cool air. Uh, just makes it worse. So it's inevitable that you're going to get dry skin. It's just going to happen. I've tried everything. I've tried everything that I could find. And the only thing that's worked, and thank God it does, is the gray feather crack attack. In fact, Katie Joe, she wrote back on December 2nd. She's a big fan. She said everything was absolutely perfect. The shipping was so fast and packaging was great. The products are out of this world. The crack attack helps heal the roughest of skin. My grandmother has uh, psoriasis on her hands and nothing that any doctor has prescribed has even come close to the relief that the crack attack uh, cream has given her. She swears by it. The lip balm is my favorite product ever. It is the only thing that gets my dry lips through the winter. 
Shop small and treat yourself. The products are absolutely wonderful, and Jen is amazing, and she's right on all accounts. Jen, the owner of uh, Grayfeather Farm, uh, she's fantastic, and so are her products. Now, if you click the link below this link, or you can go, here's what you want to do, guys. Okay, if you want to get something for your little lady uh, for uh, Christmas coming up or whatever the holiday is that you celebrate, because they do make perfect stocking stuffers. I want you to go to saywhatyouwillradio.com, click the sponsors link, and then click the Grayfeather Farm link under sponsors. And you're going to get free shipping by using that link anywhere in the United States. So check it out. Grayfeather Farm. They're all natural. And uh, they work amazingly. Check them out today. All right, let's get back to the news real quick. Uh, so I was telling you, uh, the Staten Island bar owner, well, he was arrested again. So if you've been following this story, okay, he was, uh, he went through the first shutdown over in New York city, almost put him out of business. And then when he was allowed to reopen, he spent thousands and thousands of dollars of his own money on PPE products, like the, the plexiglass and the cleaners and all that type of stuff that you have to have. He uh, adhered to the 25% rule or whatever it is over there in New York. He didn't do anything wrong. And so he's basically putting his own economic life in jeopardy. Well, not he's not. The government is. He's trying to do everything that he can to stay afloat for himself and the employees that work for him. So he's told... About a week ago, a week ago or so, he's told that they've got to shut down again. He says, I'm not shutting down. I can't. If I shut down again, I'm out of business. I lose everything. Because the, the government's certainly not doing anything to help. We can all agree on that. They're forcing bars like his to shut down, but in return, they're doing absolutely nothing. You know, while all these politicians like Nancy Pelosi comes on TV and eats her very expensive ice cream in front of her very expensive freezers inside her very expensive house. She's doing nothing, and she's still collecting her paycheck, by the way. And same with all the politicians in New York. They're all collecting their paychecks while they're putting all these people out of business. I don't know if I uh, prescribe to the Great Reset, but it's starting to starting to make me wonder. And if you don't know what the Great Reset is, just go Google it, find out. Uh, anyway, so uh, he said, I'm not shutting down. I'm going to declare that my bar is an autonomous zone, just like Chaz or the CHOP up in Seattle. And there was all those other autonomous zones. So he declared his bar and he said, listen, if you want to come shut me down, he said, why don't, why doesn't the governor... Cuomo, why don't you come personally and just take my liquor license right off the wall? Why don't you do it? Well, they he sent his uh, he sent his uh, law enforcement officers in, and they arrested him. Well, they threw him in jail for trespassing on his own property. That was a couple days ago. So there was a bunch of protests. I guess they let him out of jail, and then they rearrested him. What was his crime? Saturday night, apparently there were some patrons walking inside his bar Saturday. That was, that's the crime he committed. He ran his business. 
Now, none of these politicians that have been evading or going against their own stay inside rules, none of them have been arrested. Not one. In fact, I'm going to play you a clip in a little bit from Joy Reid. She's talking to Eric Swalwell from California. Yeah, that guy. Wait till you hear what she says, and then wait till you hear his answers. So predictable, it's pathetic. So he got arrested again. So this is what happened. This is what happened with this guy. His name's Danny Presti, and he owns Max Public House over on Staten Island. This is what happened. The state has forced themselves to corner him into a corner like a wild animal. Because this man believes in freedoms. This man believes in liberties. This man believes in being allowed to run a business so that he can add to society, so that he can create jobs and help other people, so that those other people don't have to rely on the government. That's what he believes in. He believes in a free market. He believes in running his own restaurant. He believes in America as it once was. And they backed him into a corner. They keep arresting him. They keep throwing him throwing him in jail. And he doesn't want to be in jail. He just wants to run his restaurant. And the last time I checked, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if there's any constitutional experts out there, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe the Constitution is null and void if there's a flu bug going around. I don't believe there is. I don't think the the founding father said, yeah, well, none of this means anything if there's a pandemic. So everybody that wants to say that these are laws, they're not laws. Nothing was passed through any legislature. Nothing was written up as a bill in in a house and then passed on to a Senate and then voted on or signed by either the governor or the president. None of that happened. No, these are kind of, you know, tyrannical rules that are being passed, executive orders. And I don't believe you can write an executive order that takes away someone's right of private property or the right of free speech or the right to assemble, or the right to practice your religion. I don't believe any of those rights can be taken away from you due to an illegal executive order that's unconstitutional. And, you know, where the hell is the Supreme Court on all this crap? Why have they remained silent? Why hasn't any one of these executive orders been tested in the courts? I don't know. Anyway, uh, out of New York, uh, the co-owner of Staten Island Bar that authorities said has been defying coronavirus restrictions was arrested early Sunday after hitting a New York City Sheriff's deputy with his car. Danny Presti fled from his bar, Max Public House, after deputies observed, listen to this, after deputies observed patrons entering the establishment Saturday night in violation of city and state closure orders, according to Sheriff Joseph 
I'm sorry, Fusito. That's the crime. Now you have, you have protesters all around this country for months and months and months, terrorizing the streets of our cities, smashing windows of Macy's and other, you know, retail outlets. You've had people burning down churches or attempt to burn down churches. You've had people burning down government courthouses. You had six blocks of Seattle taken over by radical anarchists. You've had senators' life th- lives threatened in the streets. Of course, they're Republicans, so that I guess it just doesn't matter. It's not that important. You've had police officers shot, many of them killed. Riots in the streets, cars burning, Molotov cocktails being thrown through the windows. Remember that gentleman who was hired on as private security to watch over his uh, one friend's business? I guess it was a pawn shop and someone just walked in and shot him in the head and killed him. Then that cop over in Las Vegas, he got shot in the back of the head by a bunch of anarchist rioters that belonged to either Antifa or Black Lives Matter. All this is going on up in Portland, Oregon. You had these desperate police trying to arrest these lunatics and the fascist DA up there just letting these criminals walk, not even pressing charges. People actually hurting other people. Actually hurting other people and burning down businesses and causing, God only knows, millions and millions of dollars worth of damage. And everybody just turned a blind eye. Now, meanwhile, the COVID, the COVID was there. The COVID was out in the streets with these protesters and rioters. And Cuomo never, never sent his attack dogs to get these people. People that are actually hurting and killing people. But when it comes to a private business, a bar, a restaurant, and a guy that's desperate to stay afloat economically, the people, the patrons that, the patrons that walk into his establishment do so on their own free will. They're not forced to go in there. It's not like they're going to starve to death if they don't go to Max Public House over on Staten Island. They choose to go there. He chooses to open the doors. He chooses to make food and serve beverages, and the people choose to show up. Again, nobody's being forced to do it. And yet... Cuomo sends his attack dogs after this guy because some patrons, some deputies observed patrons entering the establishment on a Saturday night. That's what he did. So deputies attempted to arrest Presti as he left the bar early Sunday. So they sat outside all night and waited for him because they saw people going in to get food and maybe have an adult beverage the night before. They waited all night, and then they attempted to arrest him Sunday morning as he was leaving. 
but instead like a cornered animal because he's already been into jail. This guy's already been in jail for trying to run his business. He don't want to go through it, so he tried to get into his car, and I, apparently he struck a deputy and kept driving about 100 yards, even as the deputy was hanging on to the hood. Presty, 34, was eventually stopped and taken into custody, the sheriff said. Charges against him are pending. Mark Fonte, an attorney for Presty, said his client was expected to be arraigned later on Sunday. The injured deputy was taken to Staten Island University Hospital for treatment. The deputy's condition wasn't immediately available. Max Public House was the site of protests last week after the sheriff's office said plainclothes officers were able to go inside and order food and uh, beverages on Tuesday. Can you imagine that? Someone was able to walk into a bar and restaurant and order food. Presti, who also manages the bar, was uh, arrested at that time. The tavern is in an area designated by Governor Andrew Cuomo as an orange zone because of spiking COVID-19 rates and was not supposed to be serving customers indoors. But the owners had declared the bar an autonomous zone. I already went through all this. A spokesperson for Mayor uh, Bill de Blasio said Presti's actions showed a disregard for human life. Yeah. Yeah, but what about Black Lives Matter and Antifa as they were actually killing people and burning buildings down in your street? And this was all going on while, again, while the COVID was out there, Bill de Blasio... I don't remember you ever getting on TV ever once in talking about Black Lives Matter or Antifa or any protester for that, you know, for that matter. I don't remember you accusing them of any disregard for human life while they were actually taking human lives. Quote, in both of these instances, whether it's flouting public health laws or ramming a car into a uniformed, or I'm sorry, an unformed, uni- geez, I had it right first, uniformed, uniformed deputy, this individual has endangered the lives of others, the spokesperson said. Fonte and Presti's other attorney, uh, Louis Galormano, issued the following statement. Last night, Mr. Presti, uh, Presti was approached on the street well past midnight by two sheriff personnel dressed in dark uniforms. Without identifying themselves as officers, they proceeded to yell Presti and run towards them. Oh, how about that? Oh, hey, Thomas Hamilton is here. He says hello from Glasgow, Scotland. Hello, Thomas. I hope you're doing well tonight, my friend. All right, so here's the scenario now. Now it's well after midnight. And now you've got two people in dark clothing screaming at the guy and running at him. Hmm. He's not supposed to take off? Do we know if these police officers identified themselves as police officers? The attorney goes on to say, oh, how you doing, John? I'm doing well, Thomas. I'm doing well. Just reporting the news and giving some uh, conservative commentary. <laughs> uh, Mr. Presti, who has received numerous uh, 
who has received numerous death threats, became scared for his life and headed for the safety of his vehicle. He proceeded a short distance before being swarmed by sheriff vehicles and being ripped out of his car. He had no idea the two men running at him were sheriff's officers. He was unaware of how anyone sustained injury. Proper procedures were clearly not followed by the sheriffs who were unaccustomed to these law enforcement duties. They were clearly untrained and uh, outside their element, he said. I urge the city to immediately institute a training program for this department before more people are injured. Well, isn't that what the left is calling for? More training for officers. Does that not apply when you're arresting someone who's merely running a business? Or does that only apply when there's a person of color that's involved? I'm just curious. Just curious. Authorities said the bar was still serving patrons Saturday night, even though it was ordered to close entirely after Presti's earlier arrest. Deputies surveilling the pub saw that the front door to the bar was locked, but customers were being directed to a building next door, Fusito said. From there, yeah, he's just trying to make a living, Fusito. You're still getting your paycheck, aren't you? You're still collecting your check. But this guy, he's supposed to go home, shut his business, and not make any money. While you government employees and politicians still collect your checks. From there, they were able to enter Mac's public house through a back door and order food and beverages, he said. Boy, that's, man, that is something else. How dare people want to order food and beverages? The business has been cited more than a dozen times, to be honest with you. I think they're idiots, one neighbor told CBS 2s. They might be, but you know what? It's not against the law to be an idiot. And I don't know if trying to run a business and stay afloat and keep putting food on your family's table is really, I don't think that's a definition of being an idiot. The controversy has uh, garnered strong reactions from the community. Uh, It's just senseless what's going on. I understand. I feel for the guy. I feel for a lot of people. But this thing is out of control, one of the neighbors said. I mean, the guy wants to make a living. He has nurtured a business. He's grown a business. At the same time, this virus is very serious. I mean, it's getting worse, is it? All of a sudden, this guy's a doctor epidemiologist. He knows everything about the bit. Oh, because he believes he probably tunes into CNN every day. And that's where he gets his news. What's the death rate? I would assume if a virus is getting worse, I would think that there would be dead people laying all over the place, but yeah, that's not happening. The business owners have garnered massive support for denying the governor and mayor. Yeah, because they are the least two popular uh, politicians in the country, maybe. I know a lot of New Yorkers hate these guys. Chopper 2 was over a massive rally in the street last week to support the business. One of Presti's friends said the government has offered no relief to small business owners, so they have no choice but to stay open. Of course, that's my whole point. They've done nothing. Absolutely nothing. These people that own bars like this, they have rent to pay or they have a mortgage to pay. 
They've got a payroll to make. They've got extremely high overhead. And when you force them to shut down, they just can't survive. It's common sense, people. It's common sense. But they're just going to keep arresting the guy and arresting the guy and bringing bogus charges against him. Thank God he's got good attorneys. And I just got to question these law enforcement officers out there. What are you doing? Why are you being the shills for these corrupt politicians? What are you, what are you doing? How are you guys sleeping at night? This guy merely is just trying to stay alive. He's trying to keep his business open. And that's his crime. You want to sit and ambush him in the middle of the night out in a dark parking lot for letting people into his bar. He's fighting for a small business. He's fighting to provide for his family, everything that I've said over and over. He's trying to appeal to the federal government to try to get us as much money or anything we can so we can survive and make it through the winter. Unbelievable. Uh, well, it is the bottom of the hour. I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, I want uh, to talk about Ranger Rob and uh, his amazing poopy bags. I'm going to let him tell you all about them. Let me bring up his brand real quick, and here we go. Hello, friends. This is Ranger Rob, and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. My bags support large and small dogs and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today. All right. Thanks, Ranger Rob. So um, I had mentioned earlier in the the first story I was talking about, about uh, something that Joy Reid happened to say on MSNBC the other day. And uh, her quote is, I don't know what to do when even the good politicians aren't staying home. Now, the good politicians that she's referring to are Gavin Newsom and uh, a bunch of other people. A bunch, and I've gone through the list on the, over the past couple shows just about how corrupt these left-wing politicians are. You know, you've had, uh, you had the governor of Illinois. He flew to Florida so that he could have a free Thanksgiving with his family down there while everybody else up in Chicago was locked down. And then you had the mayor of Chicago. She was out protesting. You had Governor Newsom eating with 24 of his closest friends with no masks on, like right next to each other, all laughing and just, you know, yapping it up, no masks on, inside a bar. But these politicians, they never, ever pay for it. They don't get arrested. They don't get thrown in jail. They don't lose their paychecks. They just keep rolling with the punches, man. And then they come up with some ridiculous excuse on why they did what they did. So Joy Reid, she's kind of calling people out. And so she had uh, Eric Swalwell 
on the show, and I'm going to play the sound clip for you, but uh, she comes on and she asks Swalwell, and I, wait till you hear his response. If you don't know who Eric Swalwell is, he's one of the clowns that was running for the president on the Democrat side. And uh, his response to her is just so typical of the left. Let me play the sound clip. You know, and, and Representative Swalwell, it's frustrating because everybody is tired. Everybody's exhausted. People are sick of staying home. They're sick of, of, of being locked down and not seeing their families and not seeing their friends. And we all get it, right? But when you have, you know, in your own state, the governor eating at a fancy restaurant. And let me tell you something. I don't care if it's a fancy restaurant. I don't care if it's an expensive restaurant. I don't care. I don't care if he's at McDonald's. I don't, it doesn't makes no difference to me. The fact is he was with 24 of his best friends and his wife or his life partner, whatever the hell she refers to herself as. And all these big shot left wing liberals, they're just yakking it up, having this great time. No social distancing, no masks, not following exactly what he is demanding of everybody else in his state do. I don't care how expensive the restaurant is. That's not the point. The mayor of San Francisco, the next night eating at a very, these are very expensive restaurant uh, that they both went to at French Laundry. Um, When you have the Austin mayor, his name is Steve Adler, telling people to stay home, then it turns out the video was made in Cabo. It, we're even the even the good politicians. Why are they the good politicians, according to Joy Reid? Why are they the good politicians when they are the ones that are the most, the biggest hypocrites on the face of the freaking planet? Why are they the good politicians, Joy? Are messing up, and I don't know what to do at this point if even the good guys are, are messing up. Well, Joy, it's never too late to just do what's right. Oh, see, it's never too late to just do what's right. It's never too late. So all his buddies, and trust me, Governor Newsom is his pal. It's never too late to do the right thing. Well, what about this guy that owns this business over on Staten Island? How come they're not sitting outside of these politicians' houses and arresting them when they violate the laws in their case well it's just it's it's never too late it's never too late to do the right thing okay so that's what he does the first the very first thing he does is he makes excuses for his buddies on the left because he's all he's part of that crowd and then what he's going to do he's going to make up a story about a restaurant buddy of his and then he's going to go on to blame the Republicans. That's his answer. Listen. And I'll say, Joy, that if you didn't believe in wearing masks a couple of weeks ago and you've adopted now, great. If you mixed families a couple of weeks ago and you recognize that you shouldn't do that now, great. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you went and had a big party with all 24 of your best friends, you, didn't, you better do it now. Okay, last week when Newsom did it, it was okay. It's never too late to learn. Like there's never, it's never too late to do the right thing. And right now, we just need to get to the other side of this. Uh, and, and in Congress, 
What's so frustrating is that we've got a bipartisan deal now that gets us to the other side. It gets us to a vaccinated country uh, oh. by April. Uh, oh. That this deal would run to April. It would help small businesses. It would help schools. It would help with childcare costs. So let's do the right thing. I, I, Joy, I get a text every single day from a restaurant owner. He's frustrated by what you just described. Oh, he's frustrated by what? Oh, this. I get a text every day from this restaurant owner. Every day I get a text from. Yeah. Okay. This guy's imaginary. You know that he doesn't get a text from anybody. This guy is, he is an on the spot liar. And he asks me, he owns an Italian restaurant, has run it for 40 years. And he just says, have you guys passed anything yet? Well, he, did, he can't, he can't Google it. He can't read the newspaper. He's got to text Eric Swalwell every day and ask him if anything's been passed. He can't read the news. He can't turn on CNN. He can't turn on. Fox News to find out if anything was passed. He's got a text, Eric Swalwell. And how did he get his personal mm, cell phone number? Yeah, that's a good lot of questions. Eric, I think you're full of crap. He still believes this is a place where we show up and want to help people. And you know what we did today? No, he doesn't believe that. If you're a private business owner, you don't believe that the federal government is a place where people show up and help other people. Because if you're a private business owner, you believe in helping yourself. That's why you went into business. I was a private business owner. I am currently a private business owner because I don't want the government handouts. I don't want it. I want to be responsible. I want to be a responsible citizen. I want to be an independent human being. The last thing I want is the spider web of the federal government helping me. No, thank you. No, thanks, Eric. I think you're a liar. Oh, and then he went on. I don't have the rest of the clip, but then he went on to blame the Republican Party. That's the classy guy that Eric Swalwell is. So she confronts him. She says, "What? Are, why are these Democrats, why are they behaving the way they're behaving? They're all getting busted all across the United States. They're getting caught violating the very rules that they expect the rest of us to live by. And they're just rules. There's no laws. There's no laws that have been passed whatsoever that I know of. I don't know a single legislature or governor that either wrote a law voted on a law, or signed a law. I don't know any of them. Don't know of a single one. So they're not laws. But yet we're expected to live under these executive orders, these rules that these tyrants pass. They just wake up one day, they write up an executive order, and all of a sudden your constitutional rights are just vaporized. I thought we were supposed to just get this curve leveled off and then everything would be back to normal level. Isn't that what we were supposed to do? Level out the curve. Why is this? Why, why is all this still going on? Why is this still happening? That's the million dollar question. 
So uh, Joe Biden. Was he joking when he said this? But all kidding aside, the first lady to be told me she holds them for you. Yes, she does. But not with she's because she's she and yeah, Kamala have become friends. Yeah. But all kidding aside, it's it's a all kidding aside. He said it twice. All kidding aside. Now they're saying, oh, he was just kidding. Well, he said all kidding aside twice. It sounds to me like when you say that, what you're about to say, what you what follows that, what precedes that is the truth. Listen to what he says. Matter of the thing we are simpatico on simpatico. our philosophy of government and simpatico on how we want to attach approach these issues that we're facing. And so I don't have and when we disagree, it'll be just like it's so far. It's been just like when Barack and I did. It's in private. She'll say, I think we should do A, B, C or D. And I'll say, I don't I like A, don't like B and C. Mm-hmm. And it's OK. But and I like I told Barack, if 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 I reach something where there's a a fundamental disagreement we have based on a moral principle, I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll develop some disease and say I have to resign. Oh, that's weird. If I come to a fundamental disagreement with Kamala Harris, I'll develop some disease and say I have to resign. Was that like a slip? He wasn't kidding. You can tell the tone in his voice. He wasn't kidding. He wasn't joking about it. That's like really, really bizarre. I don't know. You make up your mind. Was he kidding? The article says, was he joking? It's hard to tell. Joe Biden and his running mate Kamala Harris sat down on Thursday for a socially distanced interview with CNN host Jake Tapper. Biden said working with Harris wasn't uh, hasn't held any surprise and told Tapper, I understand how campaigns can sometimes get a little out of whack a little bit adding that he doesn't hold grudges. Remember, Harris blasted Biden during the debates for the Democratic nomination, recalling his opposition to school busing in the 1970s and opening up about her own history. Quote, there was a little girl in California who was part of a second class to integrate for public schools, and she was bused to school every day, she said, and that little girl was me. We all remember that. That was blasted all over CNN for, I don't know, for months and months and months until Harris decided that she had to pull out of the Democratic, her Democratic campaign for president because she was getting about 2% of the vote. Nobody likes her. Uh, Let's see. Uh, So the subject came around in the Tapper interview to how Biden and Harris will get along now that they're no longer competitors. What has been the biggest surprise about working with her, Tapper asked. It's a matter uh, of the thing. We are simpatico on our philosophy of government and simpatico on how we want to attach, approach these issues that we're facing, Biden replied. And uh, so I don't have, and when we disagree, it's just like it's so far, it's been just like when Barack and I did. It's in private. She'll say, I think we should do it. Well, you heard the clip. Then he goes on to say, and I, uh, like I told Barack, if I read something where there's a fundamental disagreement we have based on a moral principle, I'll, 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 I'll develop some disease. 
and say I have to resign. There you go. Biden doesn't smile after the comment. He didn't laugh. He didn't make it out to be like he was joking or kidding. And remember, he started off by saying, all joking aside, he said that twice. Two times. All joking aside. And then he went on to say that. So was he joking? I don't know. I don't know. He didn't laugh. He didn't smile. He looked over at Harris, who also doesn't laugh. But she shakes her head with a kind of a wry smile, pursed lips. As she did in her debate against Vice President Mike Pence. Yeah, she didn't laugh. She didn't think it was funny. Nothing in her, you know, I don't know. Nothing on her face made it out to seem like he was kidding. He wasn't kidding. Why would he say that? Is that like a, is that just a slip? I mean, the guy, I don't know. Is he losing it? There's a good chance he's losing it. Uh, Representative Maxine Waters, Mad Max, uh, Mad Maxine. She uh, gave her, she paid her daughter, at least her campaign paid her daughter $240,000 this year. That's a quite a chunk of change. The daughter of California rep Maxine Waters netted around $240,000 this past election cycle from her mother's own campaign, new records show. The Congresswoman's campaign shells out payments to Karen Waters for work she did on her 82-year-old mother's re-election campaign, including Slate Mailer Management and GoTV, or likely Get Out the Vote services, GOTV, I guess. The payments appear in federal uh, election commission filings reported by Fox News on Friday. Uh, George says, hey, John, how you doing, George? Good to see you. That's Gator, of course. No, that's not Gator. No, that's not. I'm sorry. George, how you doing, buddy? I mistaked you for Gator. And you're not Gator. <laughs> Glad to see you in the chat, George. Uh, more than $212,600 in disbursements to Karen Waters are broken down into 26 entries, such as slate mailer management, fees, office expenses, and canvassing between March 2019 and September 2020. Another $28,150 in payments to Karen Waters occurred in October and November for GOTV and Slate Mailer Management fees, though one for $1,000 was simply labeled Walker Payments. Hmm, whatever that is. Uh, Maxine Waters, who chairs the House Financial Services Committee, has been scrutinized over payments to her daughter before. Her campaign has paid Karen Waters on her public relations firm Progressive Connections to produce print and mail slate mailers since 2004. Since then, Waters' daughter has reportedly received almost $1 million from the campaign. Mad Maxine Waters, a Democrat, won re-election in November to California's 43rd Congressional District, a seat she's held since 2013. So there you go. It pays to be the daughter of Maxine Waters. How much does it pay? $1 million, apparently. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This nonsense still goes on. Holy cow. Well, Rudy Giuliani, apparently he's got the COVID. Quote, get better soon, Rudy. We uh, will carry on. 
Trump wrote on Twitter. Giuliani, Trump's personal attorney, has crisscrossed the country in recent days, pushing Trump's unverified claims of voter fraud. Oh, are they unverified? Uh, that's funny because uh, we've seen suitcases full of ballots. We've seen black uh, Sharpies in Arizona. I mean, come on. Unverified? Why don't these people in the media do their damn job and try to verify some of these claims? Yeah, George says, I want her job. Hell yeah, George. I could probably live with that lunatic if she, if she was going to pay me a million dollars. I could probably tolerate her insanity. I don't know. Maybe I couldn't. <laughs> Maybe I couldn't. I don't know. Oh, boy. Uh, he most recently appeared without a mask. This is back to Giuliani during a meeting with Georgia lawmakers on Thursday. Giuliani did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Yeah, he doesn't want to talk to you because you people on the left, you, all you want to do is set him up. It was not yet clear where Giuliani uh, was Sunday afternoon or whether he was suffering from any symptoms. He tested positive, folks. How many NFL players tested positive and later found out they didn't have the COVID? How about you don't jump to conclusions? In the media. They go on to say at 76, Giuliani is considered to be at high risk for complications stemming from the virus. Trump later tweeted a call for Americans to pray for Giuliani. Well, you don't want to have that happen, right? We don't need all that crazy praying going on. Giuliani's son, Andrew Giuliani, tweeted Sunday evening after his father, uh, quote, is resting, getting great care and feeling well. Thank you to all the friends who have reached out concerned about his well-being. Giuliani has dodged the virus for weeks. His multiple people in his orbit tested positive. Giuliani appeared to have uh, appeared at events such as Trump's election night party at the White House and a news conference alongside Trump's legal team. And most recently, he attended election-related meetings with state lawmakers in Pennsylvania, Arizona, Michigan, and Georgia. Each event featured uh, attendees without masks. Okay, so what? Stop it with the masks already. Holy moly. Well, we're going to have 100 days of masks as soon as Biden gets sworn in. That's the thing, right? 100 days. He says, we'll uh, we'll wear our masks for 100 days, and uh, hopefully that'll help uh, curb the virus even though we've been wearing these stupid masks for at least four to five months now. That's how out of touch. Maybe I'll come down with a mysterious illness and have to resign. Oh, yeah, I don't think Biden's going to make it his first year. I really don't. I really don't. Anyway, some of the events, including back to Giuliani, including Giuliani's son, tested positive for the virus afterward. In addition, Christian Allen, his spokesperson, tested positive late last month and had been quarantined after the mid-November news conference, Salon reported. Giuliani is the 20th person close to Trump who has tested positive for the virus since the election night party. Well, that was it. That was it. The big election night party. 20 people. And when was that? Uh, that was November. That was a month ago. And 20 people. A whopping 20 people. 
20 people have come down with the coronavirus. And the election was a month ago. George says, hilarious. You're killing me, John. (laughs) Hey, that's what I do here. Sunday through Thursday night at eight o'clock on this channel. That's my job is just to, you know, bring the news people out or bring the news. I'm sorry. And the, the opinion that people don't necessarily hear because they're all tuned into CNN. And CNN is a joke. All right. So speaking of jokes, it's 849. Uh, House, the House under uh, Nancy Pelosi and her rattling dentures. They apparently passed a a historic bill, according to uh, Yahoo News, a historic bill to end federal marijuana prohibition. You realize this was the whole thing was a joke, right? They know it's not going to go anywhere. They know that, right? Maybe. All this was was a media ploy. On Friday, the U.S. House passed a historic bill that would end the federal prohibition on marijuana and expunge many cannabis-related convictions. It is the first time the full House has considered, let alone passed, such a bill. The Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act. Oh, my God. Oh, it's called the Moore Act. More. More is less. Less is more. The Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act made it through the House by a 228 to 164 vote. Nearly every Democrat supported the measure, while just five Republicans voted for it. Six Democrats voted against the bill. Oh, oh, really? Huh, isn't that interesting? Uh, The bill introduced by Representative Jerry Nadler. If you don't know who Jerry Nadler is, he's the guy, the little fat dude that looks like the penguin. He wears his pants up to his Adam's apple. You've probably seen him. You wouldn't miss him if you've seen him. Literally, he looks like the penguin. (laughs) Yeah, Jerry Nadler would eliminate conflict between state and federal law and allow states to set their own marijuana policies. I think they're already doing that, Jerry, aren't they? I mean, they just legalized it here in Arizona. Anybody can go out and smoke dope now. Anybody can grow up, I think, up to six plants in Arizona. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that goes against what the federal government says. So, But I, I think the states are already setting their own marijuana policies. It started with Colorado and then our stoners up there in Washington and now the stoners in Arizona and other places, right? I have long believed that the criminalization of marijuana has been a mistake and the racially, uh, oh, racially disparate enforcement of marijuana laws has uh, only compounded this mistake with serious consequences, particularly for communities of color, said Nadler, ahead of the vote. Okay, so there you go. So my question, if you're a person of color, does legalizing pot somehow reduce racism? I don't know. I I just don't get this stuff. I don't get it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, The Moore Act would impose a 5% sales tax on marijuana and marijuana products. The revenue would go toward a new trust fund for grant programs designed to help people 
adversely impacted by the war on drugs, access job training, reentry services. Yeah, that's what you want. That's what you want. You want a bunch of stoners in job training and reentry services, legal aid, treatment, and more. The bill would also provide protections prohibiting denial of federal benefits based on use, possession, or conviction for a marijuana offense. Uh, George says, I believe Sleepy Joe has made uh, his marijuana fill, <laughs> has had his marijuana fill already. Yeah, I I don't doubt that, George. I uh, There's something wrong. There's those, uh, there's, yeah, that's the lights on, but nobody's home for sure. No question about that. Uh, if signed into law, marijuana businesses would have access to small business administration funding and other bills. Oh, that's good. So my tax dollars are now going to pay for these pot potheads and their little pot stores. That's wonderful. Uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics would have a gather uh, would have to gather demographic data on cannabis business owners and employees to ensure people of color and economically disadvantaged people are taking part in the industry. Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh my goodness. I can't. I just can't. I, 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 I can't. I can't do it anymore. There you go. Your tax dollars are now going to, you know, pay for the, the pot stores. So that the people of color can open up pot stores. Okay. All this coming from a, a, a fat little rich white guy on Capitol Hill. Uh, the last story I want to tell you about is over in England. Apparently, Brits who refuse COVID-19 vaccine, they may be denied entry into restaurants and bars. And you know what's interesting about that? The fact that if you don't get the COVID-19 vaccine, you can't go to a restaurant or bar and you know, that's where it's going to start. And next you won't be able to go to the grocery store and then you won't be able to go to uh, the corner store. You won't be able to go to the gas station. You won't be able to go to the barber and on and on and on and on. Right. In other words, you won't be able to buy or sell unless you got the COVID-19 vaccine, you're just going to be kind of kept out of the economy unless you are willing to take the COVID-19 vaccine. Oh, and by the way, COVID, the death rate is well under 1%. That's a little like, that's a little crappy truth of it, right? So again, they're going to start off with restaurants and bars, and then it's going to go to the airlines. And like I said, it's going to go down to the Apple store. It's going to go down to, you know, the hardware store, Lowe's and, and everywhere. You're not going to be able to buy or sell unless you take the COVID-19 vaccine. That's pretty clear. That's where we're going. Let's not bullshit anybody. And I just happened to pull this verse. Uh, what's uh, George says, we're going to get badges that say we're vaccinated. Yeah. You know what I would recommend them? I would recommend that if you don't get the vaccine, they should force you to wear like a little yellow star. So that people that don't get the vaccine, they'll have their little badge. It'll look like a little yellow star. And then, you know, maybe in a year or two, you'll find yourself, I don't know, on a crowded 
train car heading to some camp somewhere. But anyway, you can't buy or sell unless you got the vaccine. And that just reminded, yep, yep, exactly. That just reminded me of a verse that I once read from a book. I forget, what's that book called? Oh, it's a book made up of other books. Oh, the Bible. That's what it is. And if you open the Bible to the very last book, it's called Revelation. And if you turn to Revelation and you go over to uh, chapter 13 and you read verse 17, it talks about this. It says, and he decrees, he being the Antichrist, he decrees that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark either the name of the beast or the number of his name. So there you go. There you go. That's my little uplifting news to end the show. Is the COVID-19 vaccine the mark of the beast? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. But I'll tell you this. It's a good training run if it's not. Some good practice. Because that's what we've become. We've become a bunch of sheep. A bunch of scared little sheep. And people will run. If they can't get to the app store, if they can't get to the Apple store. Oh, gee. Yeah, go ahead. Give me the mark. I have no problem with that. Yeah, put whatever you want to in my body. I have to get a new iPhone. A re-education camp for us non-compliers. That's exactly right, George. I think we've seen this play out once before, back in the uh, the late 30s and 40, early 40s, and I don't think it worked out too well, if I recall. Anyway, this is the John Smith Show. George, I appreciate you. Uh, Thomas Hamilton, I appreciate you as well for uh, piping in there in the uh, chat room. You can catch me every Sunday night through Thursday night here at 8 o'clock on Say What You Will Radio. Uh, You can catch us also uh, on SayWhatYouWillRadio.com if you want to listen to the podcasts in the future. Anyway, thanks for uh, tuning in. I appreciate you all. Take care, be safe, and God bless.